Welcome to the Cash Compound Podcast. I'm one of the banking bros here. It is Jay Du. I got my college shirt on because I'm talking to a man who I've almost got in studio. He's probably at his home studio right now. We're going to talk about higher ed. We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about the culture. I've got Mr. Jared Freeman. Thanks for being on today, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man. Well, hey, we let's just lay it out there. We learned who each other were, I believe, utilizing the tickety talks out there. And I was doing one of my live experiences, as I love to do, and people are trying to roast me in those comments. I'm wearing my glasses like I am today. I got Steve Urkel with a hat on. It's Spike Lee. You know, I, all the things telling me that I'm scamming people. I'm not telling them the truth. And you came to my rescue, Jared. So I'm here to throw you a bone and say thank you, first off, to our community at the Cash Compound and uh, ask you, what's your story? Why was it that when lots of people don't know the truth about money, you were out there yelling, giving me high fives, thumbs up and defending what I was talking about? Tell us who you are, man, and where you're coming from. Well, firstly, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm Jared. I'm from, from New York. I live in New Jersey now. But I have to mention uh, Alaska is one of my favorite states. Uh, you know, uh, But I, I'll say for me, money is it's important to understand it. And when you have an understanding of what it is, you really can use that as a vehicle to navigate where you want to go. And I think many people were uh, saying negative comments because they didn't understand what you were talking about. You know, it's something that's foreign to people because it's something that they don't understand. It's something that's new to them. And so being able to understand what you don't understand is something that people tend to not want to do. Uh, it's easier to disagree than to actually learn. And I think that's something that I appreciated in your in your life where you were sharing knowledge uh, for, for people to actually understand. Man, I appreciate that. Um, and uh, it's easier to just uh disagree then do your homework and figure out what's really going on and what the truth is out there so um let's take it back man uh give us a background snapshot of who you are and uh, where you're coming from now a lot of people who look like you and i i've learned were very much like me growing up that they had families that loved them they're doing their best in life maybe they're hustlers like you and me trying to do something great in business or uh in life but um, there was just not a lot of conversations about money growing up, so I don't know tons about money. Maybe you did. Now, break the mold. Tell us about your background when it comes to finances. Yeah, no, I did not have a lot of conversations about money, but what I did have, uh, <clears throat> I, I, went to a, I went to a very good high school, and when I would hang out with my friends and their parents, I would listen to the conversations that their parents would have with their children. And I think being having that level of exposure where you can listen to what people are saying, how they're saying it, and why they say certain things, I was able to learn. I was able to learn why certain decisions were made, and it was very interesting. I remember one time when I was helping my friend's family move because, you know, we were just helping them, and the dad said that he doesn't give them allowances. He doesn't believe in allowance, but if you help, if you work, I'll, I'll pay you. And I thought that was an interesting concept. Okay. And so one of his sons didn't want to help at all. He goes, okay, that's no problem. Well, you're not going to get paid today. And everyone else was, was helping. And so 
we all got paid. We all got, you know, $100. We were so happy. We can go to the mall and do whatever we wanted. Right. It was that concept that sparked me questioning and asking more questions because it said, well, this is very interesting. You know, the, the young son who didn't do anything was been upset because he didn't participate. He didn't want to participate, but he still wanted to reap the benefits of his non-participation. Mm. And the father explained to him that that's not how it works. That's not how it's going to work. And so little by little, he was teaching his son elements that would help them down the road. But I was also able to learn from there because I was exposed to uh, that environment. And what I did was I I asked the father questions. I, you know, I wasn't his son, but I became someone who became very close with the family and I got to learn a lot. And so because of it, I really wanted to understand money for myself. And so I'd read a lot of books. I do my own homework, but then I would meet with people who worked in this field, who are in this who are in this, uh, this this area, so that I could understand what that meant for my own life. Whether it was through student debt, uh, whether it was through saving and investing, what it meant for me and what I needed to do to get to where I wanted to go. Very good. So I like that intuitiveness to figure out. Hey, I don't know everything, but I can learn from some of these other people. Um, and that is so, I think it's misunderstood what we can learn and glean from other people from time to time. At the same time, I'm trying to figure out what this father's problem was. Come on, the government tells me I ain't got to participate and I get money. So, like, what's wrong with this guy? This guy must be one of them right-wing capitalists. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, sometimes some of this work for money and uh, earn your keep create value for other people is getting a little more taboo in certain uh, contexts and places from time to time. So it is interesting that they were practicing this, particularly in a family. So can I ask you, were you given an allowance just for existing? Did you grow up doing tours? Did your family have opportunities to talk about money around the dinner table? Or did you just have to learn it from high school friends? I had to learn it from high school friends. I didn't, I didn't get an allowance. Uh, we didn't go on family trips, family vacations and, uh, so m- money was something that it, I would say a little bit taboo, but my learning of how money was applicable to my life and, and was through was through high school and was through asking questions of folks who uh, I was connected with. And when I was in college, it was really where I learned a lot about having a deeper relationship with money and its relation to me. You know, as I, I wanted to go to, uh, you know, I went to Penn State and I wanted to stay there. Uh, I couldn't afford to, to continue to stay there because of the, the cost of it. So mm-hmm. now I had to make a decision to, you know, put myself into a huge amounts of student debt or leave and go to a school that would cost me nothing. So it, it was really, really difficult because I hadn't had these conversations before. I hadn't gone down a lane of really understanding what this would mean or what it would do for me uh, uh, because those conversations then happen. Now, before we get into how successful you are today making your tens of mills, my question is, how much in college did you learn about money in class? What did you take in school? What was your area of discipline and learning, your educational degree there? And was it just through School of Hard Knocks you realized how things cost and all that stuff? Or were you able to figure this stuff out because of stuff you learned in the classroom? 
I, I, I did take some classes, but I honestly have to say most of my learning came from outside of the classroom and putting myself in a position where I could be around folks who, some of which who didn't finish school or who started their own businesses or who built their own companies or who are working in the field of finance. And I think it's so help, so unique that a lot of folks are, they're open to helping you. They're open to put, uh, putting themselves in a position where they can be uh, useful to you in some way. You just have to ask the question. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, it was, well, I don't know what I don't know. And that was the biggest thing that scared me was because, and I think that was, that's what scares many people. They don't know what they don't know. And when you don't know something, you revert to, well, it's wrong or it's a scam or it's whatever. And I didn't want to live in that space any longer. So I really wanted to understand. The first step that I did to getting out of that, of, of that web was reading. I read things that I was interested in. I was interested in understanding our, our tax structure. So I read a lot of books on taxes, a lot of books on trust. And I read a lot of books on real estate because I thought that was interesting. And I put them together. Then I spoke with people in those fields to understand their decisions, but also understand uh, how that can relate to money, what they do, and how to navigate that process. And that has helped me immensely because it's afforded me the opportunity to be able to ask the right questions and mm-hmm. know what I need to ask. There we go. And, and that's prompted me to uh, really be able to dig deeper, do more in this work, but also write a book about it. I love it. So we're going to get in that plug for that book now. Don't don't think I wasn't going there. But I like the art of asking good questions and how that prompts us for um, is the Socratic method, right? That's that's look, y'all didn't know I went to school. Okay, the Socratic method, the art of asking good questions to get to the deeper understanding and learning. Okay, so tell us what you're doing now. We're going to get to this idea of cash flow banking, privatized banking, infinite banking. But what are you doing now? And tell us about this book. Yeah. So for me, me personally, I have different things. I, you know, I have um, whole life. I have index uh, accounts. I have a, a retirement account, a regular investment account. I, I have different different buckets because they work for me. Uh, but then I have my number for retirement that I want to hit. And I look at how I can use the vehicles that I've been investing in and creating so that I can hit my retirement goal. And a lot of these things help me in different ways. You know, having a whole life helped me buy my second apartment where I purchased it with the cash that built that was built in the whole life policy. And it was unique. I had I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't know the structure of a whole life policy, what it does, its benefits to me as an individual who's living. Most people think that life insurance is only for when you die, right. but it's not. It's a very powerful vehicle that you can use when you are alive. And uh, it's great for investing purposes and for long-term growth. And so that's what I used it for. And that's what I'm seeing to use it for. Uh, so for me, it's learning, learning, and repeating the process. And, and I keep learning. I love it. Very good. So professionally, outside of how you kind of structure your money, I do have questions, but what are you doing professionally? Professionally? Yes. Well, professionally, I'm not in the, the, in the finance world. Oh, right, I'm, right, I, yeah. But what are you doing professionally? I mean, we got to put some dollars inside these accounts. So I'm just wondering, you know, what keeps you busy during the day? 
Yeah. So I, I work for I work for a school network, and I, I'm a, I manage their advocacy uh, efforts there. And then I have my own consulting firm where I, where I work with different groups and individuals on a number of different areas. And so the the latter allows me flexibility and creativity to kind of do what I want and be in control of my life. And so if I was to lose my primary job, I have something that I'm fine and I know that my bills will be taken care of, but I'm also in a position where I can navigate some of the challenges that come up. And I think it's so important to be able to put yourself in a position where you're working on building multiple streams of income so that you can double down on building out those goals that you have. Because I may have a goal to hit X, you know, for my whole life policy or for my retirement goals. But if I'm only getting it from one source, you know, my primary income, my, my day job, nine to five, uh, that, that, that's going to take me a long time. Plus I'm, you know, making a working at Facebook. But I, I really think that realistically, looking at what creative things I could do on the side, whether it's a side hustle or it's a consulting gig, whatever that is, looking at how I can take those resources, apply them to my goal, that's going to help me reach my goal a lot faster. I love it, man. You got to be thinking multifaceted. And we live in a world where it's the information age. We can have a job. We can move to a side hustle. We can learn new things and meet new people, have conversations like this that can put us on the path. Now, I have an interesting question for you because I do want to talk about some of your accounts or how you kind of utilize uh, some of these products out there for your purposes, right? And one of your purposes is a number that I'm going to hit by retirement or in retirement. And I think that's an interesting way to think about it. I don't think about it that way, I don't think. So let me ask you a clarifying question. Is uh, when you say that, are you thinking about a lump sum total you're trying to hit? Or you are you thinking more of the way we tend to teach people? And it's like, well, we're having cash flow at a certain level at the time we may stop working. We have cash flow that's coming in that's guaranteed, or you're talking maybe in a more traditional sense. I'm looking to have a big number out there. Well, I, I think that it's, it's both. And it also, in my opinion, it really does depend on the level of the, the, the accounts you're looking at. You know? And I think that when, for me personally, I look at it through both lenses. And the reason I say that is because I'm not so much looking at the 401k or the 43b that I have because they're uh, they're variable they're, they're variable accounts. And so when I retire, you know, the market may be up, it may be down. If right. I'm going to have to pay 30% taxes. I live in New I don't the East Coast now, so I pay more taxes on that. So it's really going to put me in a position where I may not have what's in there. So that's not something I'm really leaning so much on. I'm looking more on the whole life policy, the cash is building there, the other insurance policies and how that's getting to a certain point. So it's when that builds to a big number that I want, I can withdraw, let's say seven and a half percent on it. And then that's what I want to live off of tax free because that's going to give me the freedom that I want. Oh yeah, man. Well, I love, I love your thinking. You, you kind of have it 
you're kind of in all of these worlds at one time, partially because of this type of work you do, right? There's a lot of nonprofits out there and people who are in the education field who can get those 403Bs, right? I can't get that. It does not, I do not qualify for that. I don't work a job. I'm an entrepreneur here, so there's no 401K for me either. And uh, many people, though, have those types of possibilities. And uh, they don't know how to utilize them well, but they do know, man, one day I'm going to need some cash. But they tend to think of it pretty one-dimensional. You are utilizing them in different ways even now mentally. Some of them may be a lump that is variable, volatile. It's not a savings account over there in those qualified plans. It's an investment account. Could be up, could be down. I retire, could go up, could go down more, you know, and there's different things you might be thinking about because of that. I think most people are so undereducated about that. Even if they know it, they don't think about it often. And so they don't really know how they're going to climb down the mountain in retirement with those types of plans. But you've got some guaranteed growing things. Uh, I have my opinions about those indexed universal life, of course, and those are also volatile. We just don't know for sure what we'll have or if we'll have it at a certain point. We sure hope we do, but uh, we don't utilize those much in our office. We help people understand them better because most people have just been undereducated in what those contracts say. But whole life, we know, is always going to be guaranteed to grow in cash flow, as we say. So I love that, my friend. So what advice do you have for other people on this topic? What advice do you have for other people based on what you said and you think, based on what I said? How would you tell people to move forward, to learn? What should they be doing if they're in your age range, if they work jobs like you, what should they be doing to prepare? You're obviously a man who thinks futuristically. I think a lot of people are missing the boat. What would you tell them? Yeah, I, I think you, you need to ask questions. I remember going to, you know, I started a new job and they said, well, this, this account is great. You can put as much money in it as possible. And I said, why? Uh, I challenge, and the thing is, it's not because I wanted to just be a, a Debbie Downer or, or, or negative, but it was more I wanted to understand the thought process behind why you're telling me I need to do that. And I think it's it's important that you understand why you're doing something. If I'm investing three percent or four percent or whatever the percentage is into my 401k or my 403b, whatever retirement vehicle, why am I doing that? For me, my answer is. If my company is going to match me 5%, I'm going to invest up to that 5%. But I really have to understand why or I have to make a, a, a pretty big decision on if I'm going to invest more. There was a company that I did work for that I did invest a little bit more, and that was because when you invest more, they matched you up to a certain percentage, and then the vesting schedule was actually uh, less than a year where most companies, their vesting schedule can be years at a time. Mm -hmm. So when you understand that uh, what you're contributing, when you get that money back, uh, how that can be so conducive to your own goals, I think that you'll put yourself in a position where you can actually be able to take advantage of what's out there for you. One, asking the right questions, and two, not being afraid to to take risk and say, I don't know. I need to understand what this means for me. I think that's so important because that's what I did. I said, I don't understand this. What does this look like for me? What does this mean? Uh, what do these terms mean? What does this look like? I think that's okay to ask, and it's important that you do so. 
Love it, man. Well, let's transition here. I got my college tee on for those of us watching out there on the YouTubes. Um, and I got a question for you about college debt. When I got out of school back in the day in 2000, right? When I got out of school, uh, I had debt, man. Uh, who didn't, right? And uh, mine was the lowest five-figure number you can come up with. It was ten grand. I know many people had more than that. But for me, it was almost insurmountable on the day of graduation. I didn't have a job lined up. Didn't know what to do. Did not go into even my last semester of a four-year bachelor's degree knowing how much that I was going to have to pay, what the interest rate was on that, what they were expecting me or when they were expecting me to start paying those bills. And uh, I was, I got serious. I got angry. I got serious. I had, I went through the gamut on that, but uh, I am fresh out of debts at this point. I got another shirt that says that I am fresh out of debts. And uh, there's a lot of people out there just kind of getting weighed down with student loan debts. And I think the president and the government toying with them about whether or not it's going to be forgiven. Tell us your take on that and some of this work you're doing with this book. Yes. So the title of my book is The American Dream versus the American Trap, The Untold Truth of Student Debt. And uh, it comes out this fall. My biggest thing is that many there are a lot of resources out there, but it becomes so overwhelming where that people don't know where to start. And the biggest challenge, just like with investing and saving, these conversations are not happening until later on. So the idea that I think is so important is being able to understand the type of loan that's applicable to you uh, that you should take, whether it's a federal loan, whether you're getting loans from your college. Uh, and also understanding what that means. When I was in college, I had no idea the difference between a fixed rate and a, and a variable rate. I just thought the variable was great because it was lower, not knowing that it would most likely go up a lot higher once I signed the paperwork after a year. So really being able to understand uh, what you're signing, but also being able to ask the right questions. That's the most important thing because uh, student debt in itself is something that has been around for years, years, uh, you know, going back to when it was created and, uh, you know, people exchanged, uh, you know, things that were of value to them for an exchange for education. <laughs> I, I think the most important thing is, is doing your research at the institution you want to go to. There are a lot of different areas and places that are open to, to giving scholarships, to, to giving grants. And some of which who give grants and scholarships to folks who are already in school or even graduated. So um, I mention these things and I talk about it in the book. The biggest element is really being able to understand uh, what you want to do, where you're going, because that plays a big role in you know where you can apply and what you can um, be eligible for. And I think that many people um, have to do their homework. This is just my book. As a, as a way to help them do that homework by creating a guide on where you can start. Love it, man. It's so needed. So needed, right? A lot of us are overschooled and undereducated even when we get out of school about uh, what do we do now or why do I have this bill? It's people like me mm -hmm. who uh, got to that place and was like, well, I got a piece of paper, but I also can't pay for it. I got a I got a mortgage out here with no house. You know, how am I supposed to pay this bill? So I appreciate what you're doing, man. Tell us where we can find your book coming up the fall of 2023. You, you'll find it on Amazon. It'll be on Amazon and Barnes Nobles and wherever books are sold. 
uh, and uh, I'll be putting it out on, on my social media as well. On Instagram, I'm Jared underscore Freeman, that's 2R20. And uh, I really hope to, to hear from you all and uh, that you ask me questions about student debt. And, and it's, uh, I'd love to hear your, your, your story. Love it. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you've enjoyed this little conversation that we've had with Jarrett Freeman. Make sure you follow him and look for his work in the future. Share it with a friend who needs to know a little bit more about the situation that they're in or maybe even getting their next uh, loved one into by uh, their college uh, bill or lack thereof with the options out there that are available. We hope that you join us on the next live event whenever and wherever that may be. You know we do them all over the country, but even in the southeast where we are, we have live events to help people understand how they can use guaranteed permanent insurance products for cash flow. Ladies and gentlemen, a shout-out to our YouTube Fan Follow of the Week. We've got DJ Johnny B. Good out there. DJ Johnny B. Good, appreciate you, man, for following us. And uh, we hope that uh, you drop us a comment on the YouTube, uh, wherever you are, ladies and gentlemen. So get down there. Um, we'll check out our resources here. We'll make sure that uh, we give you links to uh, Jared's book very soon. And uh, we want you to learn more about this process of cracking the code to cash flow. Um, <clears throat> So, Jared, uh, give me one last thought as we move forward about where the future is going to take you. I don't know if you're a first-time author or not. I think you may be. I was trying to do my homework. I am. am? Okay, very good. So how does this propel you into the future? Where are we going to find you next, my friend? Well, after this, I hope to write another book. Actually, this first book on student debt is the first of three. Uh, that I hope to write. One is on student debt. The next one will be on the American tax um, system, and the last will be on the American healthcare system. You know, all I think are areas that can sometimes be complex, misunderstood, and that's the idea behind it, creating opportunities for people to really understand those scary things that they think that they don't know. Uh, Exactly what you're doing, you know, breaking things down for people to really understand it, and so that's what I hope to do with the work. We wish you the best of luck. Thanks for being with us here at the Cash Compound Podcast. Thank you so much for having me.